Hola, everybody. Welcome to the Unicorn Millionaire Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Stover. I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach helping my first-gen clients become millionaires. I'm a formerly undocumented Mexican-American and currently digital nomad traveling all over the world. And I'm super excited to have you here along with me on my journey. I talk about personal finance, money mindset, working, unicorns, rainbows, you name it. We're here, we're queer, and we are going to build wealth for ourselves and our communities. So today I want to talk to you about how your partner or partners are the biggest investment that you can have. And I'm realizing this is not something that I've done a solo podcast or I do live about because Part of me says, well, Charlie, you've never been married or in a long-term partnership in which you were financially aligned. And the other part of me says, no, Charlie, you have shit to say, even if it's imperfect, because you have seen so much financial abuse and neglect in partnerships that you feel like you should speak on. So I'm going to talk about it right now. Um, So... Your partner is your biggest investment. I'm still going to talk about this, even though I've been single for over a year, because I've been very intentional. I've dated folks, but I've been very intentional about dating, about who I want to form a committed relationship or relationships with, because as somebody who grew up as a kid with a lot of financial inequity that I saw my parents just fight and fight and fight. There's a lot of financial abuse. My dad came from a wealthier family and my mom did not. And he used that as leverage for years. And then my parents divorced when I was 14. Layered on top of that, we were undocumented. So there was just so much unnecessary stress as a kid growing up that that I feel like just did not need to happen. But financial abuse is something that I feel is uncomfortable, but we need to talk about it more so that we can spot the signs, spot the the red flags sooner, instead of just giving people the benefit of the doubt and, and, and going in and saving them and rescuing them. Because if you're going in and saving a partner or even just friend, it doesn't have to be romantic relationships family too. If you don't have boundaries, your family members expect you to be the bank, expect you to take out a high interest credit card loan to rescue their asses you're enabling them because they see you as the bank instead of actually going to a bank and holding responsibility for their credit score getting impacted if they take out money and borrow money at a high interest rate of course they're gonna try going to you for money first and i see this in romantic relationships too so i'm gonna name some red flags that i've seen in my three years as a money coach and as a stockbroker too i saw a lot of financial red flags. The first one is this heteronormative cisgender idea of gender roles. A lot of cis women um, would call us and say, I feel like I don't understand my money. I've been trusting my husband for years to do this. But then I'm realizing he does not have shit together. Just because you're a cis man does not mean you're better at managing finances at all. It's just a gender role. It's this arbitrary gender role that has been assigned to men as the breadwinners, as the people who are quote unquote better with money. When most of the time I saw men be a lot riskier and lose their money consistently more than non-men did when I worked as a stockbroker. It was the men who were out here day trading and borrowing hella money through margin loans to invest 
and asking us for advice on what hot stocks to buy. And we had to be like, we can't give you advice like that. You have to hire a financial advisor who understands your situation. It was the men who always wanted to trade the GameStop stocks and make quick money fast. And then they'd lose their money. And there's one dude who like, <laughs> he called us and he was annoyed because he tried getting his mom to wire him money and the wire wasn't coming through. And it was just very sad to see like, the 50-year-old man asked his mom for money to bail him out because he was placing some trades and buying some stock and selling stock he should never have sold or bought in the first place. So fuck the, the patriarchy, fuck the gender roles. You being a man or a woman or non-binary doesn't make you better or worse at managing money. But consistently from what I've seen from non-cis men, women, non-binary folks, they're more cautious because society tells them not to do this, not, not to invest. They're more cautious by nature because they're told to just be behind the scenes people, to be grateful to get a job, not negotiate your salary, stay behind the scenes. You're ungrateful if you ask for more money. Oh, hell no, you shouldn't invest. That's too risky. Let the man do it. And that's all a scam. Consistently, what I've seen when working with women is that they realize that investing isn't this big, scary thing. I go in as their white fancy white man word translator and i'm like this is what a stock is this is how you buy a stock we this is how you protect yourself when you're buying six thousand dollars of stock ten thousand dollars of stock twenty thousand dollars of stock and then once i explain how the system works and how buying stock is a long-term game then my clients um which have included trans men hotties i love what i do they are able to make more informed decisions because they're being cautious, because they know that they want to understand how this, this system designed by the rich white man actually fucking works. And when they realize how it works, they make baller moves with confidence, $1,000, $10,000 moves, and they move on with their amazing lives and build wealth for decades for themselves and their families. So being a cis dude has nothing to do with you being better at managing money at all. I'd argue it's the opposite. <laughs> Another red flag of money in, in, in dating and financial abuse I've seen is when partners use their credit score. Like when a man takes out a loan or uses their partner's or wife's credit card to borrow money because they don't have their own shit together, that's a red flag. Your partner should absolutely not be using your credit score for anything. And if they are, that needs to be a discussion. I would never allow a partner to just take out a loan or a credit card in my name. I don't care how much trust there is because you never know who you married until you get a divorce. You can be in love with somebody for 10, 20 years, but people change. People have medical conditions. People just straight up change. It doesn't need to be a medical condition. The person you married is not going to be the same person. You're not going to be the same person you were 10, 20 years ago. And that's okay, but you have to protect yourself. And it's better to have the uncomfortable money conversations and plan for these things instead of being shell-shocked when you find out your partner's been getting you $20,000 into debt using your credit score and your credit cards because they're just too scared to use their own because they don't want to be impacted. If somebody's going out of their way to use somebody else's credit score, that's like almost fraudulent. Like <laughs> it clearly means they don't have their shit together. 
and want to pay for their own things and are not being responsible with their own money. So that's a red flag is somebody using somebody else's credit card or credit score, especially if they're not even talking to you about it. Another red flag I've seen is cis men telling women not to invest. <laughs> I worked with a client who ended up getting a divorce and making hella massive money moves. And once we were working together, I was showing her how the stock market worked. She was nervous about investing because her ex had told her not to invest because it was risky. Mm -hmm. I'm rolling my eyes right now. And then she ended up being excited to check her 401k. She grew her credit score by like 80 points within the six months that we worked together. She ended up having investing apps on her phone and would text me and be excited about how she decided to buy some shares of Google and how her shares of Google went up and she sold it. I, I don't encourage or tell my clients to day trade. I just show them the different options and some of my clients, that's their shit. Some of my clients love watching the stock market and love trading. A majority of my clients, they just want to know how to get in the game and leave their money for decades and have it compound and grow itself and have the quarterly dividends reinvest themselves and grow for the long term so that they know that their money will be ready for them when it is time to retire early or retire, whatever age you decide that to be. Or if you want to go into retirement and get out of retirement, that's an option too. Nothing is set in stone. What matters is that you understand your options and are more empowered with your money and being strategic with it, which is what I love helping my clients with. Another red flag I've seen is a partner expecting the other partner to pay for things. I've seen this in queer relationships as well, in which there is no man and woman. It can be a relationship with, between two women, but as queer people who are mostly raised in cis heteronormative households, we tend to subconsciously adopt gender roles of like, okay, I'll be the male person with this male task, financing the money and everything. And the other person can adopt the feminine roles of like cleaning and cooking and things like that. But in queer relationships, the point of queer relationships is to be outside of that binary in the first place. But we've been told since birth that this is what things should look like. A milestone is getting married and combining finances and not having a prenup because that takes the love away when in fact it's the opposite. I encourage everybody to look into getting a prenup, postnups, not out of fear, but out of protection because it's really about protecting yourself and protecting the other person and establishing that trust when you are in love, not when you're divorced and hate each other. So expecting somebody else to pay for things because they're either the, the masculine or the one that wears the pants in the family or they have more money all the time, which I get it. It's, it's common for people to make one person to make more money than the other person, but it's still important to name that in a relationship and say, hey, I know that you make more money and establish a dialogue of proportionality. I might be in debt, you make more money. Are you okay with paying for 70% of the rent or the mortgage? I can cover these expenses. I can do these emotional tasks, which are uncompensated for, like planning shit out, planning for events um, too. So the power doesn't have to always be in the person that makes the most money. But if a partner is expecting you to pay for things and be the sugar daddy or sugar mama, that's 
a red flag, in my opinion. We all should be our own sugar daddies, our own sugar mamas. We shouldn't be waiting for somebody to come save us because we're wasting time waiting. We could wait our whole lives waiting for sugar daddy to show up when this whole time we could have been our own sugar daddies and growing and building wealth for ourselves. So that also builds resentment when you're the one paying for shit all the time and not speaking up and talking about your needs. And if you feel some type of way, that's just resentment that's going to build up and you're going to explode at a certain point in the relationship over a fight that probably has nothing to do with money, but money is a huge stressor in relationships. So that's why it's important to talk about it as uncomfortable as it is. Another red flag I've seen is sharing finances blindly and just opening up a joint checking account, opening up a joint investment account together and just freestyling it. Like that's a red flag because somebody could be wanting to get a divorce and then hiring an attorney and doing everything on the back end. And before you know it, Hey, I want to get a divorce. And they've done all the back end work in order to seize all of that money. So whenever you come up with a prenup, have a plan for this is my money. That's we can share a pool of money for things like rent and expenses like that. But in my opinion, a majority of your money, all your retirement money should be in your account and everybody should have their own finances in case of the worst case scenario of divorce you have your own money because we're not out here depending on the other person and trusting them blindly because people change when i worked as a stockbroker i saw so many people set their beneficiaries for people who were not the people that you think they would be or people forgot to update their beneficiaries and still had their exes on the account so if they died their ex would still get their money uh, one time somebody left their money to their mistress instead of their wife. So people are shady and you never know what is going down. So that's why it's important to just check in and say, do you have beneficiaries on your account? Who are they? Oh, you're giving half to your brother instead of everything to me. Why is that? And have those discussions while you're in love and in good communication with each other rather than finding out later that this whole time, this money you thought you would inherit is going to somebody else or you're getting less than you thought you would the whole point of all the things i'm saying is so you're not blindsided because there's a lot of things you can do to prevent situations like these but a lot of people don't talk about these things because they're uncomfortable because it ruins the mood but in my opinion a strong relationship is one in which you can both have the uncomfortable conversations together because you value each other and you want to have a safe, productive life. If you're with somebody who doesn't make you feel safe about talking about money, that's a red flag. It's different between being somebody being uncomfortable and shutting you down and somebody being uncomfortable and willing to have these conversations. I've helped clients break up with people and I've helped clients get stronger. The biggest thing I've seen is that the other partner has to have a willingness, despite the discomfort, to talk about money. Willingness is key. You don't have to be perfect at it, but you have to be willing. If you want to build something, if you want to build like a castle with your partner, they have to be willing. You can't build your castle on the side and expect them to one day magically respect you and meet you where you at. A relationship is like a castle that both of you build together. It might be imperfect sometimes, but willingness is key. If somebody's not willing, that's a red flag. Willingness to change, willingness to be flexible, because we're all evolving individually as humans and relationships are always evolving as well. 
too. And that's something that I've learned uh, in a year of being single is seeing my partner as not the enemy, which is how I was raised to view partnerships, but instead seeing partnerships as something that you co-create together and evolve through the uncomfortable discussions as a preventative measure instead of y'all being resentful because you're not talking about how you're always spending more or, or not on the same page with the budget and then somebody doesn't wash the dishes and you lose your shit because <laughs> y'all are anxious about money. So the willingness to have uncomfortable conversations is key. If somebody's not willing, that's a red flag. So I hope that this has helped you conceptualize whether you're single, dating, trying to be more intentional with dating, already in a partnership, talking about money, even if it's uncomfortable, is gonna save you so much stress and tens of thousands of dollars down the line in legal fees. It's all about being preventative rather than treating a relationship like an emergency room. So, and I share this with you as somebody who's time and time again, seen people come to me because they thought they could trust a partner and then realize that they were dating somebody they didn't know. So it's never too late to get started, but I share these things with you so you don't have to just wait for shit to hit the fan and realize you didn't know who you were actually with this whole time and start seeing how things operate, testing to see if that partner or partners are willing to have uncomfortable conversations about money, about splitting, not just the monetary um, gains, but also seeing emotional labor as something that's not, un that's not compensated for in a relationship. And it's because emotional labor is deemed as traditionally feminine and the white cis heteropatriarchy is not down with compensating femininity <laughs> and emotional labor. It's just the capitalistic system that operates like this. It's not Mercury in retrograde, it's capitalism. <laughs> so with that, I invite you to work with me. If you want to work on your money mindset, if you want to talk through a relationship that's stressing you out, if you're in a relationship and money's a stressor, but you see a light at the end of the tunnel and want to stay together, work with me. If you're trying to get the fuck out of a marriage, work with me. I help couples leave their partners and I help people stay together because it's what they decide they want. I won't decide for you, but I will definitely help you make a more informed, confident, decision so that you can see your partner as somebody who you can build wealth with because your partner is your biggest investment. This is the person or people that you spend the most of your time with. And if you're not aligned in your values, you could be wasting decades of your life with either just yourself or with somebody else who is on board with you because a stressful relationship takes a toll on your health, mental health, and your, your life. So that's how everything that we do we should be seeing as an investment including relationships for the most part i talked about romantic relationships here but a lot of these things can still apply to platonic relationships family chosen family because boundaries is something that i help my clients work a lot with you're not asking for too much for just wanting to build your own retirement account or have your own savings account so I help my clients better communicate their needs financially and emotionally with the people they're with so that they can decide to either if they want to stay in these relationships or move the fuck on, date themselves and find somebody else who isn't stressing you the fuck out about money. So yeah, I'll put a link to book a call to work with me in the show notes. 
And I can't wait to chat with you and really find out by talking with you how I can help you specifically on your money journey, on your way to becoming that unicorn millionaire who's investing for yourself, but also with that long-term vision of helping your community in a socially conscious way. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please keep sharing, tag me in, in your stories, share with friends, family, loved ones. Please keep leaving me reviews. If you're on Spotify, dame las cinco estrellitas ahí. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a written review. It can be as quick as one sentence that says, this podcast pop in. We love Charlie and their twerking self. <laughs> All right, y'all. Have a great day. Bye. The information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast is provided for general informational use only. Your purchase, download, and use of this material does not constitute a client relationship. The views expressed by the Unicorn Millionaire podcast hosts and guests are not intended to constitute accountant, legal, tax certified financial planner, stock advisor, or other professional advice. Users of this podcast material should not act upon this information. Users of this podcast material should do their own due diligence by independently verifying all information, products, and services mentioned with their own qualified professionals before making any decisions. We assume no responsibility for information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast and disclaim all liability with respect to errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Users of this podcast accept and understand the terms of the disclaimer.